Hello, and welcome to the Origins Podcast, hosted by Ian Pullman and Vicente Enriquez. Hi guys, welcome into the show. My name is Ian, and I'm here with my co-host... Hello, this is Vicente. And uh, we want to welcome you into Origins of the Bicycle. This is episode number seven. Uh, But before we get into it, we just want to say thank you uh, to everyone who's listened to our first six episodes. In fact, today we just hit our 100th total um, play on our our podcast. So the first six episodes have been listened to a, a total of 100 times. Um, pretty awesome milestone. Thank you guys for, for yeah. tuning in. I mean, it's small right now, I, feel, I mean, but it's significant, you know, like I, I, I do feel excited for it. It's uh yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's a milestone, you know, it's a small milestone, but, uh, we started off from zero. We're at a hundred now. We'll yeah. hope to get to a thousand soon. Right. But thank you for everyone who's, um, tuned in so far. And uh, don't forget that you can follow us on Facebook at Origins, a history podcast. You can also listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Um, so, yeah, thanks for tuning in. You can check us out on all those platforms. And let's go ahead and get into the origins of the bicycle. I remember writing that. <laughs> um so we can't really talk about the bicycle un- until we give a little brief summary on the invention of the wheel. A uh, professor of biology and anatomy, uh, Michael LaBarbera at the University of Chicago wrote um, in a 1983 issue of the American Naturalist that only bacterial um, flagella, dung beetles, and tumbleweeds come close to looking like a wheel. And even though, and even there, wheeled organisms in a very loose sense of the word. I, when you say the the dung beetle, that really, really like, you know, like I've seen the dung beetle movie so much, and how it's portrayed as like, you know, you, it's just pushing, uh, pushing around like poop. I don't want to say the yep. bad word, right? but it's, pu- <laughs> it's pushing around poop, and that's their thing, you know. But it is it, it, the dung beetle is in like ancient. Like over there in the ancient world in Egypt, Mesopotamia, you know. So I I can't imagine that people, the people back then, did see this little dung beetle and how it was rolling and like, huh? He, you know, the smoothness of it. Like how can how can we replicate that? Yeah, you know. And, and I bet they saw like when they see rocks roll, you know, if it's smoother, it rolls faster, and, mm-hmm. you know. And like so, I could see how it kind of. That I like that that. Uh, the idea of in nature, you know, the tumbleweeds too. I'm like, oh yeah, that's I guess that's the closest one too. And they're I don't know if you've seen the tumbleweeds videos on YouTube, but those are crazy. Well, that's something else. But yeah, yeah, the yeah. wheel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so again, the wheel doesn't have a lot of examples in nature, really. So it's a really uh, ingenious human invention. Um, evidence indicates that it was created to serve as a potter potter's wheel. Uh, that was its original intent, though, and uh, that was about 3500 B.C. in Mesopotamia. And um, in about 300 years, they would put it, start putting on chariots and wheelbarrows and things like that. So it was, it was a little bit closer to uh, like 3200 B.C. when they started using it for, um, to push, you know, to, to help carry large loads and, and weight and stuff like that. Um, I, I like that 3500 BC. That's kind of more than at least going six, six thousand years ago. You know, 
and the it's it's still you know the 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 humans at this point like human beings were figuring out how to use this like they are using pottery you know and and innovating the wheel you know and it's pretty much how we're going to lead to the, the bicycle right just already in, in, innovating it right yeah already they're already innovating you know new uses for it and um uh, some researchers believe the wheelbarrow first appeared in classical Greece sometime between the 6th and the 4th centuries BC. And then it's found in China a few centuries later. And it ended up in medieval Europe, um, probably uh, by way of the Byzantine Empire and the uh, Islamic uh, caliphates of that time. Um, but wheelbarrows were pretty expensive, but they could pay for themselves quickly. But that's just uh, that's a little bit of a... I mean, the wheelbarrow is a great invention. I mean, you're hauling around big, large material, so yeah. Yeah, so it, it paid for the, itself really quick. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a just a, a brief, brief history of the wheel there. It's just um, the, the idea of innovation, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, the innovation and then obviously the bicycle, it, you know, its main facet, it wouldn't work at all if it didn't have the wheels, so... Um, before we really get into it, there is an interesting little side note. Uh, there is a conference, a yearly conference, the International Cy- Cycling History Conference, ICHC. And every year they get together and they discuss, you know, they apply academic rigor a and history healthy, to bicycles and cycling. A <laughs> bunch of healthy bike nerds, pretty much. <laughs> Who knows? I, mean, I hope they're fit, you know. <laughs> So they they're basically the the council that gets together to uh, you know decide or, or you know see. Um, it's like everything bicycle just goes on in this conference, right? Yeah, they they decide what history if there's new historical findings that they can accept or reject, and um, yeah, it's interesting. They their first conference was held in Glasgow, Scotland, in, in 1990. To I guess to to me and uh, yeah, to us it kind of feels recent, but that's still what 1990. That's what, 31 years ago. 31 years. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's um, been enough people to attend these that they've continued for I mean, 31 the, years. That's cool. I mean, of course, the bicycle. You know, like I, I always hear uh, the greatest invention already already invented the bicycle. So, well, without further ado, we'll just get on into it. Um, the very earliest steerable two two wheeled contraption was uh, made by a German baron named Karl von Drace in 1817. It was known by a few different names: the velocipede, the hobby horse, the running machine. Um, the hell's and, a velocipede? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a bug. But it was. It was used just to. Uh, there was no pedals or anything on it. You actually just sat on it and and ran. Um, but it is, uh, Drace is is acknowledged as the father of the bicycle because this was the first like he's the thing one that, that really resembled it. He's the one that started selling it as a thing. You know, like he sold many. <laughs> I don't know because like, I mean, I guess you know like, it, it, I bet there was some. Ancient guys, I got two wheelbarrows together, you know, messing around and, you know. Like <laughs> yeah, but this guy really came up with a, a, a solid design. Uh, it didn't have the, uh, like I said, the rider pushed himself. It didn't have pedals. It didn't have a steering mechanism or brakes. See, see yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, all right, let's like, just 
let's put we'll, wheels somewhere else, you know? Eventually, they put them on their shoes, right? I mean, and we'll just put two wheels together and see what happens. And that's kind of what happens with, with Drace. Uh, but it was only popular for a very, very small amount of time because it was so dangerous and uncomfortable to ride. Uh, it wasn't until the beginning of the 1860s <laughs> that a few different French inventors, um, including Pierre Lalament, Pierre uh, and Ernest Macau, they developed prototypes that had pedals attached to the front wheel, and they included a crank yep. and the pedals, uh, but they didn't have brakes yet. So it was pretty dangerous to ride these also. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I, I could imagine there was no brakes, no pedals. It's pretty much you maneuvering, going down the hill, you know. These guys were bored. These were, like, some inventors, pretty much. And, you know, I like, they, they're just like, well, how do we make this better, right? Well, there's the innovation, right? Like, I mean, I, I bet I could do this better. Like, I don't want to get hurt, you know. And I, I could imagine just, you know, they used it to get to work, right? You know? I don't know, because... These were not, although they they had some major steps forward. These weren't very comfortable to ride either, um, and they were just shackling. They were pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were nicknamed bone shakers, bone shakers, because of their rough ride. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the inventors did call them bicycles. So this was the first the first uh, contraption to be called a bicycle. Um, okay, and yeah, these bone shakers were obviously. Also not very uh, safe. So um, uh, a little bit later on, some inventors, uh, Eugene Meyer and James Starley, they introduced some new models with an oversized front wheel dubbed a penny farthing or ordinaries. <laughs> they, uh, penny farthing? <laughs> penny farthing. And we'll, uh, we'll see oh. right here why they're called that. <laughs> oh, just say old-timey bikes, dude. <laughs> you know, the old-timey bikes. The old-timey bikes with the big front wheel. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, these machines were very oddly shaped, but they were you know, very popular during the 1870s and 1880s. And they actually gave rise to the first bicycle clubs and competitive races. <laughs> of course, it was these, these were French dudes, right? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. I could see it. They were pretty much elite people. You know, like, got bored, then they saw that big wheel thing. It kind of feeds their ego, right? <laughs> it's like, look how big this thing is. I'm riding it and on town. You want to race? You know, but his 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 friend, his other rich friend got together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the name, actually, uh, Penny Farthing, it, it uh, comes from the idea that the wheels resemble two coins, the penny and then the farthing. And they're right next to each other because uh, the penny is far, far bigger than the uh, the farthing was. So it, it kind of looked, you know, like a penny and a farthing. So that's where we get the name from. Um, it was very unstable, too, though, and <laughs> very hard to get on and off of. Uh, the front wheel was used for the power and the steering. Yeah, I could see how dangerous it is, you know. They yeah. don't, they don't, like, you know, they, they don't seem sturdy at all. Yeah, I mean. One day I'll own one, though. The, you <laughs> definitely look like you'd just fall right off, you know, trying to get off that thing with a big wheel <laughs> up front. Um, 
A funny little side note, though, in in 1884, an Englishman named Thomas Stevens famously rode a high-wheeled bike on a journey around the globe. Did he make it? Um, (laughs) I don't know, actually. But he he got on the bike and he 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 took off around the globe. All right. I mean, I mean, look it up. We we might have to see. (laughs) I'm gonna look it up right now. Continue, continue. While he's doing that, um, the the penny farthing did help to bring the bicycle into the mainstream, uh, but it was still too dangerous to ride, and that changed in 1885 when an Englishman, uh, John Kemp Starley, perfected what he called a safety bicycle. It had two wheels of the same size. Uh, The rear wheel was connected and driven by a chain, Um, and this uh, this made the... Uh, the bicycle more efficient because it could use these because uh, it could use these smaller wheels and um, obviously it was named the safety bicycle for a reason because it was a lot safer than the penny farthing and um, new developments and brakes and tires uh, followed shortly after and this was really where we see the the basic template for the modern bicycle I could see the like I like like I was mentioned to you was like this, all this happened in the 1800s and pretty much you know history of the 1800s was the, the industrial revolution is one of the biggest things and in Europe that's when it all exploded and I could see how you you could see how the explanation of you know the innovations because you had more you can make more smaller pieces for like like a chain you know pedals you know and make it more prof you know produce more for people to ride them you know so I could see how it, it innovated. And on that note, like he he made it, yeah. He's he, you could say he was the first bicycler. The, that that guy Thomas Stevens, he did Thomas make. Thomas Stevens made he, it on the on the bicycle. <laughs> yeah, he he was. I mean, that's that's his, that's why he's famous for. He he was the first guy to go around the world on the bicycle. Wow. So and on the pen, on the penny farthing, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that must have been a really uncomfortable journey. Yeah, I mean, he he was the biggest bicycle. Okay, I, I respect that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's interesting. If he had just waited like another year or two, then he would have gotten, he could have taken a safety bicycle. A bit, a bit smoother ride. That would have been a much easier, efficient, smoother ride than that penny farthing. <laughs> and and I figured, like, yeah, but yeah, okay, continue, sir. <laughs> we could talk about this more, but... <laughs> But yeah, as you mentioned, um, uh, materials were getting cheaper. There was more innovations in, in brake technology and rubber, you know, for better wheels. Yeah, rubber too, yeah. Um, so as as these new developments, new innovations continued coming out, then the bikes just got cheaper and easier to produce. And um, the the interest in them really exploded in the 1890s in Europe and the United States. Um, there's actually a New York Times article from 1896, and this is a quote from the article. The bicycle promises a splendid extension of personal power and freedom, scarcely inferior to what wings would give. All End right. Quote. Well, a little poetic there, but yeah. I mean, I could see it. It's kind of, it's your force. You know, it's like a wings. Okay, yeah. I don't want to analyze more. Because, <laughs> I mean... You could break it down a little bit, like the late eighteen nineties. They didn't have 
cars or anything. They were still horse. That's true. The horse. Yeah. Still horses and buggies. And I mean, on a bicycle now, you didn't need a horse. You you didn't. You just jump on it and go. So I mean, I, mean, I, I can see how it's analogous to having wings. Yeah, at cause, the time uh, because I guess the horse you have to feed it. It's pretty much your pet. You know, with bike is you know you're you're, you're on your own. You know, you can, I I could see that. Yes, I a mean, splendid. This is when the t- they were like, forget the horses. No. <laughs> a splendid extension of personal power and freedom. Personal power. There, there we personal go. Personal power and freedom. Because you're you're pedaling. You're you're the one controlling the velocity and the brakes and everything, like not the horse. And you're free to just go wherever, wherever your legs may take you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so really, really interesting to uh, hear a journalist from 1896. Uh, Describe it like that. Put it that way because now we see bicycles everywhere. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I, I sometimes drive through Trans Mountain, you know, like here in El Paso, and you see those guys on the bicycles, you know, and you're just like, man, I'll do that one day. You know, <laughs> I bet that sounds like that feels dope. You know, you you go up a hill, really up, up a hill, and then you just ride down, you know, like you're flying in a sense. Yeah, there you go. There's no wings. It's a. Uh, <laughs> scarcely inferior to what wings would give um then uh one big innovation because bikes were just for adults for the most part um in 1920 uh, a kid's bike was invented and uh the design was a little bit heavier it weighed about 65 pounds and it tried to mimic aspects of motor vehicles um because a lot of the earliest automobiles were coming out around this time the model t and whatnot and uh uh, those were, of course, all the rage then. So the, they were trying to make bikes for kids that looked kind of like cars. I mean, there's the selling point, right? I mean, it is a great thing to have to give to kids, you know, to your children. You know, it, it, I don't know. Bicycles are a big profit, you know, like it's a great invention. Yeah, I mean, they were missing a whole market just yeah. by selling bicycles just to adults. They're missing the whole kids market. That's <laughs> a, that's the market you want. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, uh, other than that, bikes haven't changed very much since the 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 designs of the late '80s, and um, it's just again been it, major it, changes in materials and technology. Right, like innovating on the weight on it, making it lighter. You know, you know, making it more. Uh, you know, you've seen those bikes in New York, people like that. You could fold them into fold them and then you could just carry them or something like that in the subway yeah so just finding new ways of being more the bicycle you know like it's it's still or like the uh you know they're made of like that carbon fiber now that really light material that's 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 still tough instead of like or the opposite you can make them sturdier for like mountain bikes you know yeah like bmx bikes you know, we didn't even talk about BMX and everything, but like, yeah, you know, just the culture of bicycle riding, you know, you know, you like, <laughs> that's yeah, crazy too. It's become interesting, you know, we have the Tour de France and all the, yeah, all Thomas these, Stevens will be proud, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we got all these big bicycle things and uh, competitions and biking, biking clubs and yeah, biking like conferences. Yeah, every town, <laughs> like every city has like a bike people right like they get together or they have like a the whole little tour or something i know like in here in chihuahua like there's a el chupacabra like racing like they just they ride 
the desert so it it's cool you know like bikes are bikes bring people together too be a bike club yeah <laughs> uh as long as you're social distancing right now even though you're outside but uh, it's a great thing to go out with a, a bike so yeah they, i i heard that bikes just went up in selling the, during the pandemic you know like bike shops were like short <laughs> and stuff too so. yeah everyone was looking to get out and do something <laughs> but uh, that's going to do it for us today we just uh, once again want to thank you all for tuning in um we are going to put up a little photo album on our facebook page with a few pictures of some of these older bikes so you kind of have a sense of um you know what we are talking about here so don't forget to run over to our Facebook page, Origins, a history podcast, and follow us. Give us a like. And um, uh, you can, uh, once again, you can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Um, thanks again for tuning in, guys. And don't forget to join us next week. We're going to be talking about the origins of indoor plumbing. No. It is. I didn't even know. <laughs> it is a lot older than you think, actually. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Can't <laughs> wait for next week, too. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next week.